Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dan McTagg is with us. Uh, Dan is the president and founder of Canadians for Affordable Energy. We talked to Dan about energy prices. Mr. McTagg, how are you and what's going on with the energy prices in this country? <laughs> uh, I'd love to be able to answer that, uh, but it seems to be a day-by-day, blow-by-blow uh, occurrence. Uh, you know, what could have been a very significant increase turned out not to be after uh, the world uh, leaders, G8, I'd rather G7, uh, and of course, uh, NATO members, most specifically Europe, uh, Canada, United States decided not to do what they ought to have done, and that's to sanction uh, Russian oil and gas. So for that reason, prices have remained somewhat stable. Uh, with the British Petroleum pulling out of Rosneft, the largest uh, oil producer in uh, in Russia, uh, up there with Gazprom that does the same thing for natural gas, uh, which Europe uh, relies on very heavily, that could send uh, quite uh, significant shockwaves uh, throughout the oil community. We could be looking at some pretty big increases, but frankly, Roy, we won't know till uh, really tonight and tomorrow uh, how that will affect us by Wednesday. Okay. Right now, it's a sort of wait and see. Well, I'm glad you're saying that. I went and filled up my car today. It was a buck eighty-six a liter, so I hope it doesn't go much higher than that. That was pretty pretty steep. Okay, uh, Professor Cam is with us, macroeconomics professor at uh, Ryerson University. We had a little bit of a technical glitch. Uh, professor Cam, the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on the international economy and specifically the Canadian economy, as far down the road as you can see, what do you see? Well, hi, Roy. Uh, sorry about the little technical glitch. Um, uh, well, I see what we've got a real problem in terms of what I would call negative externalities, which is we're not going to be as hard hit as countries such as, say, Egypt or Turkey that rely on as much as 70% of their imports of things like wheat and grain and metal. But you'd be foolish to believe that something of this magnitude isn't going to come down on the country and especially, especially that we're just starting to return to some normalcy after two years of a pandemic. So when you combine that with consumers that are just trying to get their feet out from under them and the supply chain problem, it's just going to exacerbate everything that we've been trying to fight for the last two years. And, and I'm also going to add that we've talked a lot about interest rates going up. And well, what do you do now if you're the Bank of Canada or the Fed in the United States where you've said that inflation's a problem, so we're going to raise interest rates to fight it. Well, now what do we do if we're going to have a whole other level of global unrest and economic unrest? So in a word, it's negative externalities. In another word, it's just pessimism that's going to negatively affect our economy and every economy. I wanted to ask you about that specifically, because when we talk about Russia being removed from the international banking system and everybody's saying, great idea, way to go, and me too, uh, I'm also, though, wondering whether there is potential negative, uh, I'll use the word fallout, any potential negative fallout to uh, to the countries that have removed Russia from the banking system. Well, yes. I mean, there is negative, yeah, if you want to use the word fallout, that as soon as you take a major... No, 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 I, I understand. But it, as soon as you take a major player out of the game... Is that, yeah. You know, the game is not going to be as strong. But let me just comment on that, too, because I've heard a lot of people this morning on various media say that this, you know, this is really going to affect Russia and getting thrown out of the banking system and the SWIFT system is going to affect them uber negatively. Well, let me tell you, Russia has billions and billions and billions of dollars around the world. They are a exactly. giant money laundering system. 
And so if you think that this is going to prevent them from bringing money in or taking money out, you're kidding yourself. Okay, Dan, on the issue of uh, Canada's energy self-sufficiency, and we were very self-sufficient not so long ago. We're not so much now. We should actually be never as good as we should have been because we have interprovincial trade barriers, and somehow the word pipeline became dirty. But uh, Canada's energy self-sufficiency and our ability to export energy has been damaged severely. Is there, given the realities that we face now, do you think there's going to be enough pressure to start to work on that? And is there, do we have the room to, to improve things, at least domestically? Well, I think there needs to be, uh, but you don't have to look any further to examine the damage uh, done at a time when oil is uh, $90 a barrel threatening 100 and the Canadian dollar isn't moving. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd leave it better to people like uh, Dr. Cam, who <laughs> studied this kind of stuff uh, from a macroeconomic perspective. But the reality, I think, for Canada uh, is this is a wake-up call. Now, let me take off my energy hat, put back on something I was familiar with, my foreign affairs happy that did serve this country uh, in Ottawa as a privy councillor in foreign affairs. And make no mistake, energy security goes hand-in-hand with global security. And if... Uh, the evidence of the uh, events of the past week have not demonstrated that, then uh, one can probably safely assume that we are also perhaps indifferent and ignorant to the fact that uh, Russia has been planning this for some time. Putin is no idiot, uh, and he has basically uh, got the rest of the world proverbially over a barrel, and that barrel really means having really stored enough money and reserves, currency and otherwise, and hedged his bets on a negative response, uh, whatever tools we can pull out, whether it's SWIFT or whether it's mealy-mouthed uh, you know, uh, uh, sanctions on oligarchs, he is prepared has, and can weather this by the continuation of the selling of oil and gas. And so Europe and the rest of the world is going to have to get off their climate kick for a couple of years and get it right. Start fracking, start to rebuilding your nuclear infrastructure, Start using more coal for now because Asia is using it uh, and get back on track. See, we are not subservient to and on bended knee and creating global risks, the likes of which this generation has never seen. This is Sudeten land all over again. So, Professor Cam, I have 30 seconds left. They're yours. Tell us, please, what, what concerns you today, given what's happened, given what you can project, what concerns you? Uh, other than just the, the potential loss of life, if you want to talk about strict economics, Yes. You know, Europe gets 40% of its natural gas from Russia. Oil prices are the highest they've ever been. And it is time, as my brilliant colleague, a dean of our business school, Dr. Tara, says, you've got to tell Canadians that we can be self-sufficient in natural gas and in oil. Something has to precipitate our Western Canadians to know that we don't have to import. We don't have to be subservient to the whims of Russia. We've got to take our energy and fix the damn sector finally so that we don't have to just take what is thrown at us from countries like Russia. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 